Hey there, Sports History fan. Arnie Chapman here from the Sports History Network. Now, before you jump into this episode, I wanted to share with you an exciting giveaway we have going on with Homefield Apparel. We have a digital $50 gift card to homefieldapparel.com for one lucky fan of the Sports History Network. All you got to do is head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash giveaways to sign up. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash giveaways. This is Basketball History 101 with Rick Loiza. Welcome back to Basketball History 101, part of the Sports History Network. I am your host, Rick Loiza. This is the podcast where we bring to life some of the forgotten stories from basketball history. And today, we're going to talk about NBA nicknames. But before I get to that, I want to take a moment to say thank you. This podcast was born out of my love for the game of basketball and my passion for its history. And if you are a regular listener, then you are probably here because you also love basketball history. So as we go along, we're getting better at this and we're trying to make each episode the best episode yet. I feel like you deserve that. But mostly, I just wanted to extend my gratitude for coming along with me on this journey as I try to bring you the stories that educate, entertain, and hopefully open your eyes to significant events in the history of this amazing game. We're going to keep doing this for as long as we can, and you are a big part of that. Now on with our topic for today. This is the final entry in the series where we go through and talk about how each NBA team got their nickname. With so many teams, we had to go through the league division by division. If you want to hear the rest of them, just go through our episode history. So, let's get started with today's teams from the Central Division of the NBA. The Chicago Bulls started in the NBA as an expansion team in 1966. But that was the second attempt by the NBA to place a team in Chicago. Prior to the Bulls, there were the Chicago Packers in 1961. But after just two seasons, they moved to our nation's capital and are now known as the Washington Wizards. But for this new Chicago team, well, they were determined to make a real go of it. They wanted a name that was tough, gave the sense of a fighting attitude, and had a connection to the city. Chicago used to be home to the stockyards, where cattle were brought in to be processed. They found that the name Bulls captured all of that in a single name. Their color scheme has always been red and black from day one, and the logo of a red bull head with blood on its horns is a classic logo that has never been changed. Even the uniform has hardly been changed in the entire 54-year history of the team. Their away uniforms used to say Chicago in script, and now they say either Chicago or Bulls in block letters, but it's still basically the same uniform. That's rare when a team can find a look that hardly needs changing after all of that time. As most of you know, the Bulls have six championships in their history, tied with the Warriors for the third most in league history. And all six championships had Phil Jackson as the head coach and Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen as the lead players. Our next team is the Cleveland Cavaliers. They were an expansion team in 1970. The original owner wanted something that gave the sense of a fighting attitude and a never-say-die spirit. I think you're kind of getting a sense here where every team that's brand new wants some sort of a name that captures 
toughness and a fighting spirit. So that's fairly, that's a fairly consistent uh, approach to how we nickname teams. But they wanted something that captured the idea of a French musketeer, except they didn't want to use the word musketeer. So the word cavalier was chosen. Also, the alliteration with the word Cleveland has a nice touch. Their original logo was a musketeer-looking guy in front of a basketball, and their original colors were orange and yellow. After all, it was the 1970s, and things were kind of weird in the 1970s. In the 1980s, they switched to a blue and orange color scheme, and their new logo was just the word Cavs, where the V looked like a basket with a ball going through it. In the 1990s, they went with a teal and black look. Their uniforms looked like they had these weird blue lightning stripes. It seems like everyone in the 1990s wanted teal. And when LeBron James joined the team in 2003, they unveiled a new wine and gold look. It was actually maroon and dark yellow, but wine and gold sounds a lot better. And they've had those basic colors ever since, although they have introduced black into the mix as well. Their logo was the word Cavaliers with a sword over a basketball, but now it's the word Cavaliers with a sword on a shield. They have one NBA championship from 2016 when LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Love led them over the Golden State Warriors in an epic seven-game NBA Finals showdown. And we'll get to their next three teams right after this break. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Welcome back, and let's continue on with the Detroit Pistons. They began life in a completely different league. That league was the National Basketball League, or NBL. They even won the NBL championship in 1944 and 1945. But that league soon went out of business in 1947. So they switched over to the NBA, which at the time was the other league in the United States. They were located in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and were owned by a man named Fred Zollner. Now, back in the 1930s and 40s, it was very common for a team to be named after the company that sponsored the team. Back then, basketball teams were sometimes an extension of a company's marketing department. Teams often served as a traveling billboard for the company. The Pistons were no exception. Their owner, Fred Zollner, owned a piston manufacturing company. Fort Wayne, Indiana is not far from Detroit, Michigan, where practically all of the automobile assembly plants were located back then. His company was called the Zollner Piston Company. So he named his team the Fort Wayne Zollner Pistons. The team's job was to win games and promote the Zollner Piston over other piston suppliers. Their original logo was a metallic mechanical man made out of pistons and dribbling a basketball with a huge letter Z on his chest. He looked like the Tin Woodsman from The Wizard of Oz, except with basketball shoes. The team used a red and white color scheme. But after about 10 years in the NBA, Zollner sold the team to a new ownership group, who immediately moved the team to Detroit. The name Pistons works even better in the Motor City, so there was no need to change it. But they did drop the Zollner part of the name since old Fred had nothing to do with the franchise anymore. Their new color scheme was red, white, and blue. Their new logo was the word Detroit Pistons on a basketball. 
And there, they went for nearly 40 years with virtually no change to the uniform, color scheme, or logo. Then in the mid-1990s, they decided that teal was going to be their new look. Again, it seemed that everyone in the 1990s wanted teal, even teams from other sports like the San Jose Sharks of the NHL and the Carolina Panthers of the NFL. Their new logo for the Pistons was a horse with a mane made out of fire. The word Pistons had two exhaust pipes to stick with the automobile theme, and thankfully, their logo and color scheme has since returned to an updated version of what they had in the 1980s. It's a classic look. In their history, they have won three NBA championships. They won back-to-back -back championships when they were led by Isaiah Thomas and Joe Dumars in 1989 and 1990. They won their third in 2004 when they were led by Chauncey Billups, Rip Hamilton, Ben Wallace, Rashid Wallace, and Tayshaun Prince. Our next team is the Indiana Pacers. They were one of the original ABA teams, and they even won three ABA championships in 1970, 1972, and 1973 before joining the NBA. The name Pacers comes from the pace car that leads the drivers out for the annual Indianapolis 500 auto race. Their color scheme has always been navy blue and yellow. Their original logo was a single hand reaching up for a rebound and forming the shape of the letter P. Later, in the 1980s, they got rid of the hand and just left a basketball inside the letter P. They have updated their uniform from time to time. In the 1990s, they used italics to spell out the team name on the uniform, but they have always been navy blue and yellow. Unfortunately for them, they are still looking for their first NBA championship. The final team for today is the Milwaukee Bucks. They were an expansion team in 1968 and had a contest to name the new team. Considering that hunting and fishing are a big part of Wisconsin culture, it would be a good idea to pick a name that reflects that. Deer are very common in Wisconsin, so the name Bucks just seems natural. Their color scheme has always included green as the primary color, but their secondary color has changed a few times. They were originally green and white, their first logo was a cartoon deer holding a basketball while sitting on the words Milwaukee Bucks. In the 1990s, they switched to a stylized deer over the word Bucks and their uniforms went to green and purple. Then in the mid-2000s, they switched out the purple for red and had a green and red uniform for several years. Now, they're green and cream. And the deer logo has since been updated so that its horns form a basketball right above its eyes and they won their only NBA championship back in 1971, which was their third year of existence. That team was led by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Oscar Robertson. So that's it. We have now covered all 30 teams in the NBA and how they got their nicknames. Join me next week when I share the story of the original Celtics, not the Boston Celtics, the original Celtics. They were an old barnstorming team based in New York, and they were one of the greatest teams from the first 50 years of the game's history. That's next time on Basketball History 101, part of the Sports History Network, the headquarters of sports yesteryear. Go to sportshistorynetwork.com to find out more about this and other sports history podcasts. If you like what you hear, please hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. Also, go ahead and give us a five-star rating and a review that will help others to find this podcast more easily. 
and check out our page on Facebook. It's called Basketball History 101 Podcast. There you will find shorter historical posts as well as comments and discussion starters on today's game. I'll also announce there when new episodes come out. I want to thank my producer and editor, Jacob Loiza. Join us each week as we continue to mine the history of basketball for more great stories from the past. And don't forget to check out SportsHistoryNetwork.com for more information on my podcast and the rest of the podcasts on our network. Take care and see you soon. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. This is Mark Mortier, and if you're a sports history fan like me, tune in and hear me talk about some great sports moments of the past. Growing up during the 1970s, I got to watch some of the most iconic moments in sports history. Hank Aaron breaking Babe Ruth's home run record. Willis Reed limping out of the locker room in Game 7 of the NBA Finals at Madison Square Garden as the fans erupted with a thunderous ovation. The 1980 Miracle on Ice as Team USA defeated the powerful Soviet Union in the Olympics. Listen every Tuesday on Yesterday Sports. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.